today we are talking about Sukkot. Your Bibles might say it, tabernacles or booths. The Hebrew says Sukkot. It's a holiday that we celebrate on the 15th day of the seventh month, which happens to be the 13th of the 10th month of this year for us. <laughs> How's that for confusing? Remember, they follow a different calendar than we do because of the, ca- the lunar calendar. Um, and we follow a solar calendar, so it's, it's different. So this year, on Thursday, begins Sukkot, which is a, a celebration in which they take seven days. Um, it's one of those times of year where it's a pilgrimage festival, where you're supposed to make the trip to Jerusalem if you're able to. And, where everyone can worship together and, and the people were to build booths or tabernacles or tents. Not like your tent that you take camping with you. These are um, Some of you are like, camping? I ain't doing that. If it's an RV, maybe. But it definitely ain't a ta- uh, that kind of ta- tabernacle either. These are tents made of small branches or trees interwoven to provide a, a temporary structure of shelter. It's not supposed to be something that lasts for all the time. You can't build it this year and keep it till next year. That's not how this works. It's supposed to be a temporary structure to remind the people that they are, that these are mobile. It reminds the people of their experience out of Egypt into the promised land. And so they celebrate at this time, we celebrate at this time, the exodus from Egypt into the promised land. Where they went from slavery to milk and honey. And during this time, they're reminded that they were in the wilderness, which they were on the move. They would camp when God said they were to camp. When they're on Mount Sinai, they were there for two years. God said to camp. And then he said, it's time to move. So they, they would move. The cloud of, would, would move. The fire would move. And they would move. And the people would move. And so they didn't have permanent structures. And what was supposed to take, you know, two years at Mount Sinai and then supposed to take like two to six weeks to get to the promised land, it takes them 40 years. Not because Moses didn't know how to ask for directions, but because they, the people became afraid and didn't enter into the promised land. So we remember this, this holiday as a time in the wilderness. And wilderness is one of those good and bad events, isn't it? It's good once you've gone through it. But you never feel like it's a good thing while you're in it. I'm not like taking, taking a hike in the desert, you know, go out here. No, they're in the wilderness. And over a prolonged period of life. And they don't feel like it's good. We read the scriptures and we, we hear about how they were surviving on God's provision alone. Water and for food. And, 
and, and they, you know, at least in Egypt we had meat to eat. And, and they were, because you never feel like it's a good thing when you're in the wilderness. It's only afterwards you say, you know what, that was a good thing. And so they take this time, we take this time to remember the, the opportunity to bow before him, to bless God. And to, to be in the wilderness. And I bet you there's everyone in this room can remember a point in their life where they felt like they were in the wilderness. Whether you felt like you were lost, maybe alone, going through step by step into the direction of God, you didn't know exactly what you needed to do, you were in the wilderness. In a way, we can all relate to in an allegory that we are not home yet. We are on a large self, not home yet. We are in this wilderness of life until we get to go to our glorified self in the halls of Jesus, right? We are longing for home. So we are all in the wilderness. But on a very more personal note, we all have times in our lives when you feel like things are just falling apart. Now, what's going on is God is moving you from one place to another. Whether you've got yourself in the hole because you let sin run your life and you got yourself in and God's trying to move you out of it. Or God is saying, calling you to something greater because he's got something planned for you that is bigger. Think about the Israelites. They were in slavery. <clears throat> they hadn't done the wrong thing. They were put into slavery. It's not like they chose this. And God heard them and decided he's going to move them out to the promised land. That land he had promised generations before. And so they go into the wilderness in this time and they, and, and it's, they have to struggle. God has to defeat the false gods in their lives because they they need to they they don't want to leave at first you know well we're got it okay here you know it's not a good situation but out there's worse how many of us have been in that situation in your life you know it's not a good place to be at you know you're not you know but it's better than being somewhere you don't know Because we can relate to that, right? We can relate to that. We have those desires. And, we'll say, and so sometimes God calls you to move and you're like, no, God, I know where I'm at here. I know my, what I'm doing. I'm comfortable. It may not be a good situation, but I'm comfortable. And God says, I need you to move. You know what he's going to start doing? He's going to start letting things happen where you're going to not be so comfortable. Because he wants you to move to a place where a fullness of, of, of life, that's, that's what he says. If you follow after me, I'm going to give you a life to its fullest. And so he wants us to live, a, uh, he wants us to have that, that place of, of milk and honey. He wants us to be, 
hell, uh, not healthy, wealthy, wise. I don't like that kind of terminology, but he wants us to be in a place where we are living the best life possible. Now, that doesn't mean that things are going to go right. You can follow God, and things are still going to go bad because the world around us is corrupt. But what he does want us to have is the best life possible. And so he's going to, he said, I'm calling you to something bigger and better, but we have trouble seeing it. And sometimes we go into the wilderness and we stay longer than we really need to. Think about the Israelites, right? Go back to the Israelites. They could have been out in two years and two weeks. How long were they there? Forty years. Why? Because they let fear dictate their actions. Now let me make a comment about fear. Fear, a lot of times we want to jump to the conclusion that fear is a sin. Fear is a natural reaction. Fear is that thing that keeps you from reaching out and putting your hand in the stove because it's hot. You're afraid to burn yourself. Fear is that thing that keeps you from jumping out of the moving car because it's going to hurt. Fear is, keeps us from doing stupid things. Fear is actually a normal reaction. It's not necessarily a sin. The only time God tells us not to be afraid is when he expects fear to be in there and he needs you to move past it. He doesn't deny, oh, don't be afraid because fear is a sin. I don't, he doesn't condemn anyone who's afraid in the Bible. He's not like, oh, you're a sinner. You, I can't use you. You're afraid. What he does is says, I'm here to do better. Don't be afraid. He expects the fear to be there. I don't know why we don't. We pretend like, oh, I'm not afraid. I'm too manly for fear. Yeah, right. You might call it nervous. I'm just nervous. All right, you change the terminology all you want. Whatever. Well, I'm not afraid because God is with me. Just to deny the fact that you have fear is to deny part of who you are. I have fear, and God is with me, therefore I can move forward. Why deny it? I am afraid. I am comfortable where I am at, and I don't want to go anywhere else because I don't know anything, and we fear the unknown. So why deny that you have fear? But because God is with me. Though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will not fear at all. No, I will fear no evil. When he says, I will fear no evil, it acknowledges that there is fear present. I will fear no evil because thy hand and thy staff, they comfort me. Fear is part of change. We're in, it's part of life. Every time we change, some fear happens. Think back about some of the biggest things you've done in your life. 
got married, you dated that person, you broke up with that person, you bought that house, you sold that house, you moved towns. When I moved from Kentucky, which was a pretty good situation, even though we were really, really, really poor, and I knew I was another kid, you know, couldn't afford to keep living there, but I was comfortable. I had a fear of moving to New Mexico, moving to Laughlin. It's normal. We have these fears. And God says that we remember as he takes us into the wilderness, it's okay to have those fears. But because we have those fears, we remember his grace and his mercy, his deliverance, his 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 guidance because that's what gets us through the wilderness it's we stay in the wilderness longer than we have to because we let the fear dictate our behavior and when we 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 look at this did they know where they were heading in the in the long run well yeah they knew they were heading to the fabled promised land. But they didn't know a lot of along the way where we're going to get water, where we're going to get food. Is that army that's coming around us, are they going to defeat us? You know what God required of them? To be faithful with all the little things. To be faithful with the little things. And then eventually the big things made sense. And when you look back on life, how many of you guys have been through this? You've looked back on your life and you think about that time where you were in the wilderness. And you can see how God led you through it and why you needed, even why you needed to go through it. But while you were there, you had no idea. You hated every minute of it and you might have even cursed God. You were mad at him. Because it's not till we get out of it. That wilderness is part of growing. It's part of our change where God leads us from one thing. So we celebrate this time of year. We celebrate Sukkot. We celebrate whether you build the tabernacle or not in your backyard. Whether you do that or not, some of you are living in, you know, a little more than that as it is, you know. Whether you celebrate in that way or not, we take this time to remember how God has moved us from what we thought we wanted. So now we know, we're like, I don't know if I can live without it. Because he's that much greater. And we can't avoid the wilderness. We can't say, well, I'm just going to avoid the wilderness. Because it's going to come upon you. Whether it's because you did something dumb. Or because life has just fallen. Someone might have hurt you. And put you in a place where you are in pain. And you're going to go through the wilderness. And you may not come out of it until you get to the glory land. Or maybe you're just going through it because you've got to go through step by step. You know, someone passes away. 
that forces you into a place where your life is upside down. That's the wilderness. We go through these transitions as we travel through the wilderness. It's our our dependency on God that makes Sukkot worth celebrating. Because our dependency on God is what gets us through step by step. That fight with your spouse that comes out you had a stronger marriage afterwards. You didn't, you didn't like that time period, right? How many married people can relate to that? Or that time where you have a stronger relationship with your children because you went through that period where they were rebellious? Our dependency on God is what makes it worth it. And so we celebrate Sukkot. We celebrate the time in the wilderness because God is that great and he leads us from. And you may be in this battle and some of you have come out of the wilderness. You are past that point in your life and praying you don't have to go through another one but you're, you know, you might, you might not, right? But you're not in one right now, you know? And our job is to help those who are in it. Because I, I know there are people in this room that are in the wilderness. They're hurting. They're lost. They don't know. They say, all I can do is take one step forward. Where you say go, I'll go. And where you stay, stop, I'll stop. They don't see the big picture. And that's okay. Because when you're in the wilderness, we need to come together as a community and remind that we're not alone. You are not alone. When you are in the wilderness, we can often feel alone. You're not alone. There are people here that love you. Yes, there's that person. There's always that person, right? Don't be that person. But there's always seems to be that person that's going to judge you and make you feel like nothing, right? Don't be that person. And you know what? Yes, there's always going to be that whenever you get a group of people together. You know what? You leave that person alone. You go to the other brother and sisters that's going to love you. You just let them be because that person is just going to be that person. And if you're going through it, We need to take that time to draw closer to God. Say, I want to be closer to him in this time because it's his staff, his rod that guides us, his grace that gets us through. And so we draw closer to him. We draw closer to the community that's, 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 that, is, that he has chosen to minister to us through. Minister to the world. You know, he didn't have to use people at all. He chose to. And so we draw close to the community. We read the scripture. We draw close to the community. We meditate. We draw, and we just take one step at a time. And if we're faithful with him in the small things, 
eventually that big stuff will make sense. We're just faithful in the little things. And some days you're going to feel like, I don't know if I can be faithful in this little thing. And that's when you just get on your knees and say, God, help me be faithful in this little thing. Because if I can be faithful in this little thing, that big thing is going to start making sense. So we just... And sometimes we need to be just on our knees. And that's the only step you take is from your feet to your knees. I know some of you are like, I can't get down on my knees because I'm just too old. You know what? I think God will give you the strength to get back up. <laughs> if you can get down on a toilet, you can get down on your knees. We get down on our knees and say, God, just help me. Help me get through this wilderness. I need you to provide the manna. I need you to provide the water for me because I am thirsty. I am hungry. I need you to draw close. And I just need to be faithful in the little things. And so if you're in there, just be faithful and draw close to the community. You are not alone. And when you go through the wilderness, we take joy because we're going to come out in the promised land. Father God, I praise you right now. I praise you for leading us into the promised land. I pray that those who are going through it right now, that you will give them comfort, your peace, your grace, and your strength just to be faithful in the little things. Help us to draw close to one another. To get help if we need help. To reach out and just be there. Not to judge, not to, 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 to put down, not to say this is what you ought to, but just be there for one another. As we do life together, help us to, to take joy in the wilderness because we know we're going to come out in the promised land. And while we wait on the promised land, we pray that we are faithful to you. And Lord, those of us who have come out of one, one, one wilderness, and I pray that you help prepare us for the next. Help us to bring people alongside us as we wait on you until we are in glory, as we wait on that new heaven and that new earth that you've promised. Help us to wait on you and be truthful in our struggles, in our fears, with ourselves. And help us to love others more than we love ourselves. As we love you and you show your love to the world through us. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen.